Why didn't the tree answer your question? I don't know, I don't know. why. It was stumped. Children's Hour. I'm Katie Stone. Always a privilege and a pleasure to be with all of you, including all of these great kids on Zoom. Hello, everyone in the crew. Hello. Who do we have with us today? Hi, it's Joe. Hi, it's Daniel. Hi, it's Sonia. Hi, it's Ethan. Hi, it's Kate. Hello, it's Amadeus. Hi, it's the olive tree made out of olives. Hi, it's Isaac. Well, thank you all for being here. I'm very excited about today's show on tree rings. We're going to learn about how we know how old trees are with our guest, Dr. Peter M. Brown. This show comes with a learning guide. You can find it at our website, childrenshour.org. Dating trees is this episode. In the meantime, this is Brady Reimer right here on the Children's Hour. May you swing from my branches 
rest a while in my shade Climb up high to the tallest limbs And hear the treetop serenade Pick my fruit and my flowers Jump in a pile of my leaves Carve your name into my trunk Your secret set with me Cause it's my birthday to the Children's Hour, and with us on the show today is Dr. Peter M. Brown. He is a dendrochronologist from the Rocky Mountain Tree Ring Research, which is out of Colorado. Welcome to the Children's Hour, Dr. Brown. Well, thank you very much, and uh, glad to be with everyone. So what is a dendrochronologist? It's a very good question. You guys all know ology is the study of. So like zoology is the study of animals, biology is the study of life. So dendro is Latin for tree, chrono is time, the study of. So study of time from trees. It's the study of tree rings, basically. A lot of trees, you probably know, grow one ring per year. So by counting the number of rings, we can tell the age of the trees. We'd also tell a lot of other things about how the trees grew, how well they grew. I see one hand up over there. 
How long have you been doing it? I've been doing this ever since, well, how old are you, Ethan? Six. When I was seven years old, I grew up in northern Arizona, and there was a, a researcher who was working on dating ruins in northern Arizona. And the idea behind that is that what the archaeologist is looking for is when someone cut a tree down for use in the construction of their village. Back when I was seven years old, second grade, I was completely fascinated by dendrochronology. So I've been interested in tree rings ever since I was your size, your age. Can tree rings tell you more about a tree than just his age? Yes. What else can you think about that tree rings might tell you about a tree? When there was a flood or a drought in the area. Very good. So what are some, some of the things that, that, a, that a plant, that a tree needs to grow? Things like? Water. Exactly. So the drier it is, the smaller the ring's going to be. Wetter it is, the bigger the ring. So one thing is that we only have like weather records, you know, so how wet last year was, how wet 10 years ago was. We only have those kinds of records going back maybe about 100 years into the past, you know, all over the world. Well, how old is Methuselah again? Does anybody remember that one? Methuselah, the oldest tree in the world, about 5,000 years old? Almost 5,000 years old. Wow. So if, if we've got 5,000 years of climate from our tree rings, then we can go a lot further back into the past to understand how climate has varied through time. One of the things that tree rings are doing right now is, you know, you guys have probably been reading about, hearing about climate change. So what we're seeing in areas where temperature limits tree growth, like you go way up in the mountains, those guys are responding mainly to temperature. The warmer the summer, the longer they have to grow. And so then they put on a bigger ring with warmer years. And so what we're seeing in many areas of the world with climate change is that trees are growing bigger. They're growing faster. So you can see what it was like for different times of year, too? That's a great question. So the trees that we can work with are really only growing in the summertime. They start up growth, you know, basically these trees are limited in the wintertime because it's too cold for them to grow. So most of the time we're really dealing with sort of more summertime conditions. But in many cases, that ring is reflecting the growth for the entire year. So it's a good question, though. But no, we can't really get at seasonal differences. And, you know, like this was a cold winter versus that's a warmer winter, that kind of thing, usually. How do you take a sample of a tree? So what we do is we use this increment borer. It's a B-O-R-E-R. And this is what it looks like. So if you can see this right here, basically what this is, is it's a hollow tube and it's fairly long. And basically there's a sharp cutting tip here. It's about a, um, a four to five millimeters in diameter. So a quarter inch or so. And you can see there's some threads on the end of it here. And basically what this does is we can take this and we can go up to the side of the tree, a very sharp cutting tip here, and then we can cut a little core out of the tree. And that way we can sample the tree without having to cut it down. We get a record of the, of the rings in this core. Does that hurt the tree in order to take that core out? Or what will happen to that tree that has a core coming out of it? Does it lose sap there or what happens? 
That's an excellent question. Trees do have sap, as you mentioned, and what they'll do is they'll plug up that hole fairly quickly. I kind of equate it to us getting a shot. It stings for a second, but it really doesn't hurt us at all. That's the way we look at it with the trees. We're talking with Dr. Peter M. Brown. He's a dendrochronologist. That's a scientist who studies tree rings to learn more about trees. His organization, Rocky Mountain Tree Ring Research, has a catalog of the oldest trees that have been discovered, including Methuselah, the oldest tree alive right now. You can see pictures and find our learn-along guide for this episode at childrenshour.org. This episode is called Dating Trees. This is Tanya Savory. This old tree grew beside the wheat field Long before there was a field to sow This old tree sent roots into the land Before the land was named Ontario and gone, lived and died and built their homes among the leaves along the highest bank. And it's been struck by lightning, bent by wind, cracked and half grown back again. We all wonder how it's still here now. This old tree. This old tree. 
Children's Hour. I'm Katie Stone. Today's episode comes with a learn-along guide on dendrochronology or dating trees. Our learn-along guides are meant for kids in third through sixth grade and they meet and cite national education standards so they can be used inside the classroom or wherever. They make learning about our topics so much fun. You can find this week's episode and the learn-along guide at childrenshour.org. Look for dating trees. Lots more on dendrochronology coming right up. You're listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio. We'll be right back. The Children's Hour is supported by the New Mexico Department of Cultural Affairs, inviting visitors to the New Mexico Museum of Art, Vladim Contemporary, nmartmuseum.org. Electric Playhouse supports the Children's Hour. Find your play at Electric Playhouse in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's fun for kids and adults who want to play like a kid again. Electricplayhouse.com.
counter rings, now I can Where you were, where I'm standing Chase your life with my hands Count your rings All your records we can spin All the history hidden in It all begins, it all begins With your rings See the light, you grew faster Every spring, every spring See the dark, slow summer wood The late season would bring Strains for the sun to warm my head Where I'm used to shade and branches Where the birds first had the chance to use their wings Every nest in your canopy Every picnic at your feet Filled the air with something sweet So we should sing We all loved your tree We will miss your tree There's no mystery to your age Now we can see Reading of flood and fire in your diary A year without summer back in 1816 A history written straight into Cambium And published by the falling of a tree I've got something big to say Welling in my heart today So I will stand upon the place you used to be May I draw upon the height How you towered at the sight Upon the grandeur, the sublime nobility We all loved your tree Molly Ledford and Billy Kelly from a release all about trees called Trees with Count Your Rings. And over the break, you heard Ketza and the old oak tree was Kid Kaleidoscope way back when. On the show today with us is Dr. Peter M. Brown. He is a dendrochronologist, and we have made a learn-along guide to go with this show. You can find it at childrenshour.org. Look for this episode called Dating Trees. And dendrochronology is the science that studies climate and so much more just by looking at tree rings. Why did you want to have this job? That's a good question. I've just been interested. So I actually started out uh, my career as an archaeologist. And archaeologists, as I mentioned, use tree rings to find the ages of old buildings. And again, the idea is that someone has cut a tree down to use in the construction of their village. And so by using the dendrochronology, 
we can find the age uh, when that tree was cut down, and that gives us the age of that village. That's really amazing. How do you know that something was cut down like in 1820 or something. And and how do you know that just by looking, you're, you're saying you take a tree ring sample out of say a beam in a building and you're able to date exactly when that tree was cut down, how? It's this process that we call cross dating. And the idea is because coming back to the fact that climate is controlling the growth of the trees, remember that a dry year is going to produce a narrow ring. Well, it's going to produce a narrow ring for all of the trees in an area. So we match the patterns of wide and narrow rings. First, we have to start with living trees. As I mentioned, we go out using these increment borers, sample living trees, work our way backwards and build basically what we call a chronology or catalog of the ring patterns. Then we can go to something like an old timber from that someone used in the construction of their village. And we can then cross date or cross match these patterns of wide and narrow rings with our living tree chronology, find where it matches and say, ah, well, this tree was cut in, you know, in 1836, or in some cases back in the 1200s, 1276. That's just amazing. It's kind of similar to your question, but how do you know how old the tree is? Because if you see all the rings and if they have like over 1,000, how do you count them all? You can't just count them like one, two, three, because you might lose track. That's uh, You pretty much uh, hit it right there. We just count backwards. To be a good dendrochronologist, you really just have to know how to count backwards from 10. We put a a dot on the tree rings at every decade, so every 10 years. So at 2010, at 2000, at 1990, and so on. So we just count backwards and we just keep track of where we are. And again, we can measure the tree rings so that we know how wide, say, 1990 was compared to 1991, and so on. But this is this process of cross-dating. And again, it's because climate is controlling the growth of the trees that we can match these patterns up. You talked about how we can find out the age and what a tree was like and how old it is from hundreds of years ago. But what about even further back? Can tree rings fossilize? And if so, can we tell what the environment was like maybe millions of years ago? That's a great question, Amadeus. So you've already learned that the oldest living tree that we've got out there is this Methuselah that goes back almost 5,000 years. But there's lots of of dead wood in this area where Methuselah is growing. And we can, by matching the patterns up with the Methuselah and other living trees, we can go back into time. So actually the longest chronologies that we have around the world are around 10,000 years old using dead wood. But that's a great question about going back, you know, millions of years. Certainly, we have fossil wood. We find fossil wood all over the place, basically, that that people, you know, where it's turned to stone. In many cases, you can see tree rings in that fossil wood. Now, we can use the dendrochronology to find the date of that wood. That's found by the, the, the ages of those pieces of wood are found by other types of geological processes that people use. But we can look at the past climate, you know, how variable the climate was, how fast the trees were growing, Those kinds of questions we can ask using that fossil wood. So there is studies, quite a bit of studies that have used uh, fossil trees for that purpose. 
So you're saying that petrified wood, which, you know, is that it looks like a rock for all practical purposes, except it looks like a chunk of a tree that's turned into a rock. You can actually learn a lot about that particular tree's life, even though it's become a rock, because the rings really did get preserved. Exactly. You know, in some cases, you can look at even things like the cell sizes in those trees and compare those to modern trees. But we can look at the variability. Is it similar or different from modern trees? Are they growing fast? Are they not? Even such things as we found evidence of fire, past fire. So we know, say, 40 million years ago, there were still forest fires out there just as there are today. Mm, fascinating. Dr. Peter M. Brown is a dendrochronologist. We're going to come back with a whole lot more. Find the learning guide for this episode at childrenshour.org. This one is the Okie Dokie Brothers. In the backwoods of an old mighty forest There's a silver maple tree standing by a brook Branches are reaching out to hug you And the older she gets, the more beautiful she looks She's tall and she's wide, she's welcoming and wise She's the great-grandmother tree that never dies She put roots down in the river valley Friends with the bugs and the birds and the plants She was always branching out, ever changing And even when she got old, she loved to dance She's tall and she's wide, she's welcoming and wise She's the great-grandmother tree that never dies But a storm blew in one midwinter evening And it shook the old tree from side to side The heavy snow fell and the wind blew her over in the morning, the grandmother tree had died. In the backwoods of an old mighty forest, there's a silver maple tree lying on her side. She's home to all kinds of life now She doesn't live but she's still alive She's tall and she's wide She's welcoming and wise She's the great-grandmother tree that never dies She's the great-grandmother tree that never dies Make way for me Shine a light, light is what I need To grow and grow up from below Love is like the sun in the sky Make way for me, I'm a little 
Levity Beat out of New Zealand. You're listening to the Children's Hour. We're learning about dendrochronology with Dr. Peter M. Brown from the Rocky Mountain Tree Research. What is the oldest tree that you have found? So have you guys heard of giant sequoia? They grow in the Sierra Nevada in California. Wherever you are in your offices, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, look over at the wall to your left and the wall to your right. That's probably about 12, 14 feet, maybe, that's half of the size of some of the biggest giant sequoia. They can be 20 to 25 feet in diameter. You mean like from one side of the tree trunk to the other side of the tree trunk? You're saying that the diameter of a sequoia would essentially fill the rooms we're in. Exactly. And and twice the size of the rooms that you're probably sitting in. When you showed us your tree borer, it's not possibly long enough to go all the way through that. The longest borers we have are about 20 inches. So no, we can't sample the age of those trees. Unfortunately, the giant sequoia were heavily cut down for timber in the late 1800s, early 1900s, before people kind of got the picture that, hey, these are some special trees and we really should protect them. Right now, they're all protected in national parks or national forests. But back in the past, they did cut them down. And what we can do is actually go to the tops of the, of the stumps. The stumps are still out there and we can then take a chainsaw and we can sample a radius that way. So we can find the ages of some of the old trees. So those are the oldest trees I've sampled. There are big trees. They don't get as old as the bristlecone pine, but they do get up to over 2,000, even over 3,000 years old. Can you see past human activity from the imperfections in the tree's rings? That's a great question. In some cases, we can see things like, oh, injuries that are caused by, uh, well, for example, one of the things we find a lot of times are what are called fire scars. These are areas where fire has injured the tree, but not killed the tree. And in many cases, those fires are started by people. So in some cases, we, you know, it's lightning, obviously, that starts fires. But other times we see, and, and particularly this is one thing that foresters like, is where people have come in and done thinning in, in a forest. So you have a very dense stand of trees. All of those trees are competing for water and light and nutrients. Well, you remove some of those trees and then the surviving trees, they will grow much faster. So foresters are doing that all the time. And we see that in the rings, what we call a growth release, where you know, the rings are fairly narrow and all of a sudden they, they get very wide. So it is said that like each kind of tree can have a typical lifespan. Some trees generally live for like 75 years, while others can live for hundreds. So what makes some trees have the ability to live much longer than others? So one thing about trees, 
is that they are what we call modular organisms. They're not like us that are unitary organisms. I mean, you know, when we're born, we got, you know, our heart, our lungs, our kidneys, our, you know, all of our parts are there. And as we age, everything just sort of gets older and falls apart. Well, a tree, think about it, is putting on every year, it's putting on a new ring, it's putting on new leaves, it's putting on new bark, it's putting on new roots. So there's sort of a question, and this is kind of, you know, we, we've had a little bit of a discussion in the, in the scientific literature about this, is how long could a tree live? Could it live forever? I always think trees don't die, they're killed by something. They're killed by drought. They're killed by fire. They're killed by insects. They're killed by humans. You know, we cut them down. So that's a great question you ask because some species do tend to have a lot more diseases, a lot more impacts from, um, you know, if they're growing in, a, in a, say, a, a stand of trees, a, a forest of trees, there's a lot more things that can get transmitted between them. Uh, for example, if there's fungal uh, infections or insect outbreaks. So those will tend to kill trees faster. Fire. I mean, obviously, if a fire is going through a stand, you know, a denser stand, it's going to kill all the trees in the stand and the new forest has to come up at that point. Whereas trees like bristlecone growing way up in the mountains, very poor soils, they don't have any grass or understory around them. The trees are widely spaced. Those guys then, they're more alone, if you will. And there's not that much that can kill them relative to a, a more closed forest. What a feeling to be next to a tree that is so ancient. Oh, I, I tell you guys, in Yosemite National Park or Sequoia Kings Canyon National Park, if you ever get a chance, definitely go up there. Those trees are incredible. They're magnificent. We are speaking with Dr. Peter M. Brown. He is a dendrochronologist. He is a scientist who studies tree rings to better understand trees themselves as well as the world around us and our climate. Dr. Brown, thank you so much for being with us on the Children's Hour today. Thank you all for the invitation. We've got a lot of links posted about Dr. Brown's work at childrenshour.org. Look for this episode, Dating Trees, where you'll find the Learn Along Guide. Lots more coming up. Stick with us. You're listening to the Children's Hour. We'll be right back. The Children's Hour produces learn-along guides that cite and meet national education standards for many of our episodes. Find them at childrenshour.org slash podcasts. Thanks to the Outpost Performance Space in Albuquerque, New Mexico for hosting the Children's Hour. Support for the Children's Hour is provided by United Way of North Central New Mexico. Support provided by the City of Albuquerque and the Urban Enhancement Trust Fund. Bernalillo County is a proud supporter of the Children's Hour. Many thanks to the users at tokenibis.org, who direct funds to the Children's Hour every week. This episode of the Children's Hour had special support from Sandia National Laboratories. When I was just a lad of ten, my father said to me, Come here and take a lesson from the lovely lemon tree. 
Don't put your faith in love, my boy, my father said to me. I fear you'll find that love is like the lovely lemon tree. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. One day beneath the lemon tree, my love and I did lie. A girl so sweet that when she smiled, the stars rose in the sky. We passed that summer lost in love beneath the lemon tree. The music of her laughter hid my father's words from me. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. One day she left without a word. She took away the sun, and in the dark she'd left behind. I knew what she had done. She'd left me for another. It's a common tale, but true. A sadder man, but wiser now. I sing these words to you. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Sides that you've 
That was Claudia Robin Gunn out of New Zealand with Grandfather Tree. Before that, Lemon Tree was Peter, Paul, and Mary from the very best of Peter, Paul, and Mary. Today on the Children's Hour, we're talking about ancient trees. For years, it was thought that the oldest tree in the world was in California's White Mountains, and it's named after Methuselah, a man written about in the Bible who was said to be over 900 years old. The tree Methuselah is quite a bit older. It's over 4,850 years old and is a Great Basin bristlecone pine. It turns out another Great Basin bristlecone pine that had been cut down in 1964 was actually older than Methuselah. It was 4,900 years old, in fact. These bristlecone pine trees are short, and they grow in a harsh, semi-dry climate. If you saw one, you might think it looks half dead, with its ancient dropped limbs cluttering its feet. They're only about 20 feet tall, and they're not very wide around as you would expect for 5,000 years of growth. Younger trees, like the 3,000-year-old sequoias, have 30 feet diameters. 
That's the distance straight across one side of a circle through the center point to the opposite side. A great basin bristlecone pine might only have a five foot diameter. There are ancient trees all over the world. In Wales, United Kingdom, one churchyard has the Langernew Yew. It's estimated to be nearly as old as the American bristlecone pines, and this particular tree has been in the written records for hundreds of years. But unlike the pines, the age of this yew has not been definitely decided. There is a Welsh mythology about this tree, though. It's said that the spirit of the tree, which is called the recording angel, comes on Halloween to reveal which parishioners of the church will die in the coming year. Today on the Children's Hour, in our talking about ancient trees, we have to talk about how there have been reports that some aspen groves in the United States and elsewhere can be up to 80,000 years old, and they're still alive and still spreading. One difference between aspen trees and the trees that we heard about earlier are that aspen trees all grow from one mother root. They're all connected and considered one living organism. Some of these vast living organisms of aspen trees can be over 50,000 trees strong. Those organisms may be as ancient as 80,000 years. But our guest, Dr. Brown, believes that without the tree ring data and carbon dating, we really can't know for sure the age of these groups. You can keep up with the verified old tree list at the Rocky Mountain Tree Ring Research website, rmtrr.org, or find a link at childrenshour.org. Look for this episode, Dating Trees. In the background, Poddington Bear, and coming right up, this is Green Chili Jam Band right here on the Children's Hour. There are trees in California that grow so big and tall You could saw your way to China and you'd never see them fall Well I've been there and I've seen those trees and think they're mighty fine But they do not hold a candle when they're standing next to mine Cause I got this tree I planted about a year or so ago It's got leaves and stems and all the things that trees need when they grow There are trees, they say, in Brooklyn that can withstand any pain. They thrive on the pollution and they don't need any rain. Well, these trees, I've never seen them, but to trees I'd give a hand. You could probably take the dirt away and they'd find a way to stand. Cause I got this seed I planted about a year or so ago. It's got leaves and stems and all the things that trees need when they grow. Well, I've seen the mighty willow and I've seen the lowly plum 
And with all this talk of progress, never seen a tree to run. With the high demand for lumber, there is one thing that I know. That this little tree I planted is safe upon my stereo. As the branches reach and ramble, and the roots begin to grow, and my roof begins to crumble from the pressure down below, I will think of the beginnings of this little tiny seed, and how water, dirt, and sunshine are all a good tree like mine needs. I got this seed I planted about a year or so ago. It's got leaves and stems and all the things that trees need when they grow. listening to the children's hour this episode has been on dendrochronology find links and pictures and so much more information about us at childrenshour.org this episode is called dating trees and we'd love to hear from you let us know what you think you can contact us through our website childrenshour.org or send us an email info at childrenshour.org We have time for one more. This is Farmer Jason. We'll catch you next time for another edition of the Children's Hour. This ancient oak was once an acorn Buried by a squirrel on a frosty morn When the spring rains fell it began to grow And that was 200 years ago The old oak tree is a mighty, mighty tree Growing to the sky so beautifully The old oak tree is a-showing you and me That you can be everything that you want to be You can be everything that you want to be If you try and you work real hard The birds build nests and the squirrels have homes The bees build hives full of honeycomb They do all this in the oak tree tall The oak has enough room for them all The old oak tree is a mighty, mighty tree Sheltering the animals peacefully The old oak tree is a-showing you and me You can be everything that you want to be You can be everything that you want to be If you try and you work real hard had no cars They rode on horses and they followed stars They probably camped underneath this oak And maybe said a prayer full of love and hope The old oak tree is a mighty, mighty tree Giving us shade so generously The old oak tree is a showing you and me 
thing that she wanna be. The old oak tree is a mighty, mighty tree, giving us shade so generously. The old oak tree is a showing you and me that you can be everything that you wanna be. That you can be everything that you wanna be if you try and you work real hard. If you try and you work real hard. If you try and you work real hard. The Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit. Our show was written by Katie Stone with lots of help from all of us on the kids' crew. You can find photos, links, learn along guides, and more about us at childrenshour.org. Many thanks to Dr. Peter M. Brown from Rocky Mountain Tree Ring Research. Our educational team is led by Lorraine Archibald, and we had help from our senior producer, Christina Stella. Find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or go to our patreon.com slash the children's hour. Or ask your smart speaker to play the children's hour podcast. We post our photos and more on Instagram and Facebook. Find us at TCH Radio. Our theme music was written by C.K. Barlow. The Children's Hour is distributed by PRX, the Public Radio Exchange, and by the Pacifica Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio.